Walmart that normally aren't sold around at Walmart at any other time of the year, but there's these nativ- nativity scenes, and, and, and kids ask questions about what is this going, what's going on, what's this, this scene, what's, and, and parents have to tell their kids about Jesus. They have to, even if they believe or not, they still ask the questions, and I think that this is a great time to talk about Jesus, especially if the world is talking about Jesus, then we should be talking right there with them and telling people about who our Savior is. And I think that's just a very uh, big blessing that sometimes gets overlooked. But today we're going to hear about how a man, it's not the Grinch, uh, but he tried to say, steal the Savior of the world from us. His plan was so diabolical, he murdered several relatives, he murdered his own children, and he even tried to kill Jesus, the Savior of the world. And I'm sure that we all know this story and we've heard it before, but I would like to share the greatest story ever told this morning. A story about, uh, well, a story that I've actually named, How Herod the Grinch Stole Christmas. So who was the Grinch in our story? In our story, our, our, our story is about Herod the Great. Uh, and I'll, I'll be referring to him as Herod the Grinch from here on out. Uh, but he uh, thought that it would be a great idea. Sorry, I can't see. He thought up a lie and he thought it up quick. Okay, that's one way that we know that we can relate uh, with him to the Grinch. Uh, he had a smile most unpleasant. I don't think there was ever any writings or historical evidence of that. Uh, but I've just assumed because of, I've, I've, I've read a little bit about him. Uh, I'm pretty sure he took the last can of hoo-hash. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what that is, but I, I'm pretty sure if it was there, he probably took it. And lastly, we know that he was probably not a good person because he murdered dozens of toddlers. Um, and I know uh, this might not be Dr. Seuss' story like we like. There was no happy ending uh, so to speak, for the Grinch uh, of this story. And I'm not really sure uh, there's a reason for being a ruthless person. I don't think that it had anything to do with his shoes being too tight, like the Dr. Seuss story tells us. But there is an argument that his heart was probably two sizes too small. Um, and maybe his head wasn't screwed on just right. Um, whatever it was, his heart or his shoes... He was jealous of the king of the Jews. <laughs> Y'all hear that? Yeah. That, that took about a month. Uh, <clears throat> so, okay, I'm done. There, that, anything that I rhyme from here on out, it's going to be pure accident. Uh, but here's some real facts about who Herod the Great was, or for the sake of our story, Herod the Grinch. Herod was the king of Judea. That was where Mary and Joseph lived. And Mary and Joseph were the earthly mother and father of Jesus. Uh, Most of God's people lived under the rule of Herod the Grinch. Herod is known for a lot of things in history. Uh, Herod built statues. He was known as a a big architectural king. Uh, Statues, buildings. uh, He built temples. He built all kinds of things. And he would always name it after wives or his friends or whatever would give him more prestige. Whatever it was that made him look a little bit better or got him in with the right people, uh, he would name those architectural achievements after those people. And uh, there's one last thing, and that is that Herod was terrified. He was known as a prideful, selfish, and quite terrible king. Stories are told about just how horrible he was. And the last thing you wanted to do was to get on the bad side of King Herod. 
because he was truly terrifying. Just for starters, he had a brother-in-law that was very popular among the people of Judea. And while uh, that brother-in-law, he randomly had a mysterious drowning while taking a bath. And it is believed that likely Herod was the person that had him killed. Uh, Herod's favorite wife was accused of adultery. And I say favorite wife because he had multiple wives. But his favorite was accused of adultery and she was strangled to death. And there was really no, uh, no evidence proving that it was Herod. But she did die just days after being accused of adultery. And it was also later proven that she had not had an adult, committed adultery at all. Uh, and actually one of the buildings that he built, he named after her, but not because he liked her, but because it gave him a little bit more power and prestige to the people that he was ruling over. You would think maybe he would spare his own children, but no, he didn't even spare his own children. He had three sons that he accused of overthrowing his kingdom, and he had all three of those sons uh, have accidents happen to them where they died. Even after Herod the Grinch's death, you'd, you'd think after this man dies, maybe something good will happen. But even after his death, he had a whole list of commands. And in that list of commands, he wanted all of the nobles of Judea to be killed along with him. He didn't want to go out alone. And it was likely because he suspected those nobles were trying to overthrow his kingdom and didn't want them to win or have the last laugh, so to speak. Now those things are terrible, but they don't compare to the story of how, the, how Herod the Grinch stole Christmas. So here we go. I'm going to summarize uh, the story of Christmas. Herod hears about a new king that has been born. And as the scripture says, when he hears about this, the people of Jerusalem are nervous and scared. Because Herod had just required that all Pharisees declare him as king and worship him. And when they refused, he murdered several people, including that wife that we talked about earlier. Now we have some wise men that come in and they tell the king that they've been told a new king has come. And the wise men tell Herod this, that they're looking for a new king and and they're following a star to where the king has been born. The Christ, the king of the world has been born, and Herod asks them to tell him where this new king is and where he has been born. And they tell him that he's been born in Bethlehem, and they're seeking him so that they may go and worship him. And after talking with Herod, they agree that they will let Herod know where the new king is located. And Herod, like the Grinch, thinks up a lie, and he thinks it up quick. And he says he wants to know who and where the king is exactly because he himself would like to go and worship this new king too. Herod the Grinch had no intentions of worshiping Jesus. His whole plan was to kill this new king that had threatened his position as king over Judea. When the wise men see the Christ, they give him gifts and they worship him. And when they get ready to leave, they have a dream that tells them that Herod had no plans of worshiping Jesus, but was actually seeking to kill him. And so they leave the presence of Christ and go away to their home in a different way. And after Jesus had been born and the wise men had likely informed Herod of Joseph of Herod's behavior, Joseph was approached by an angel and was told to pack up and flee to Egypt 
until it was safe to return. So Mary and Joseph, young new parents with a newborn, pack up everything and head out on their way to Egypt to run from the wrath of Herod the Grinch, unknowingly fulfilling the prophecy of Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. And after some time passes, and the wise men never show up to tell Herod where this new king is located, Herod is infuriated. And Herod did what he does best when people make him very moderately upset. He went on a killing spree. Herod declared that all male children in Bethlehem and in that region who were two years old and younger would be killed. And the Jeremiah the prophet knew the reaction of the families that would be without their newborn children. This is probably one of the saddest scriptures there is in all of the Bible. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentations. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. What an unbelievably sad thing to be remembered by. Herod, you're the reason these families are grieving. These are the people you're supposed to be protecting, that you're supposed to be looking over, watching out for. And now you are known as one of the worst people that our Bible talks about. He did everything in his power to steal Christmas away. He tried to kill the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And I'm just going to give a little bit of a spoiler alert to those who have not read How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Just like the Grinch failed to ruin Christmas for the Who's down in Whoville, Herod failed to ruin Christmas for the humans in our world. When Herod dies, the angel comes to Joseph again in a dream and tells him the coast is clear. So they take their child back into the land of Israel. But when he hears about Herod's own son preceding him, preceding him and in, in reigning over Judea, Joseph was afraid and stayed in the district of Galilee in a city called Nazareth again, unknowingly fulfilling yet another messianic prophecy. And that's the story of Christmas for a large portion of the world. It's a story of hope. It's the story of a young man and woman defying all odds. A virgin giving birth to a child that is the savior of the world, fulfilling at least ten prophecies that focus solely on just that one act, the birth of, of this child. It was miraculous. Some would say unbelievable, incredible, just an absolutely incredible story. And thank God that the story doesn't just end there. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We'll start in verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the, angel, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Imagine being those shepherds. Imagine every day hoping for this new king to come, praying for this new king to come, waiting for this new king to come. And of all the ways 
that they were told the king was there, it was by an angel. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So not only just one angel, but an, an entire multitude of these angels appear to these shepherds and praise God in their presence. And when the angel has left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried away and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds were telling them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I believe... I like to believe that I would have reacted the same way the shepherds did. A group of angels comes to me and I hear these incredible voices praising God and worshiping God for the gift of this new Savior, this new King, but I would need to go check it out. And like it said that they hurried away to find who, where he was, yeah, you guarantee I would be full speed ahead in today's world, I'd find the fastest vehicle around and I would go straight there. Imagine the nervousness. Imagine the excitement. An unfathomable being appears in front of you and tells you the Savior of the world that you've been waiting for years, your entire lifetime for, has come. The angel basically says, I've got incredible news. The Savior of the world that you've been waiting for has been born. Here's his address. Plug it into your GPS. Everybody's waiting for you. It's going to be great. What do you do with this story? A story so incredible. A story so inspiring. A story that goes against all odds. I mean, even the Grinch tried to ruin this story and failed. So what should we do with the greatest story ever told? How should we react to it? We should react just like who's down in Whoville. We should react just like these shepherds. The shepherds experienced something that was life-changing, an event that we can barely fathom, something that we'll never be able to experience. The shepherds didn't care so much about being approached by the multitude of angels. That might have just been the first part of it, but they didn't care so much about that. They were far more concerned with going to Bethlehem and worshiping and glorifying the Christ that had been born. Shepherds were lower-tiered citizens. They were likely just tending the flock of lambs that would probably be sacrificed. And they recognized the holy God they went and they praised him and worshipped him. We don't have to be extraordinary people with extraordinary gifts in order to do extraordinary things. As long as we seek the will of God. Herod had more power in, than anyone in all of Judea and chose to use his power to potentially end, end God's plan. To steal away Christmas. Just like the Who's down in Whoville shared the, Christ, the joy of Christmas with each other. Even though the Grinch had taken away the presents, 
and the decorations and had even taken the roast beast, we must share with the world the love that has been shown to us by our God. We must share the good news that there is a new hope that's been born to us. And we need to share this all constantly, not just in a specific time of year. Whenever it gets around Christmas time, we tell this story. No, we need to be telling this story constantly. We never need to stop telling this story. It's the greatest story ever told. Why would we want to? Sure, we can tell the story of his birth, but we also need to tell the story of his death. And most of all, we need to be telling the story about his resurrection. We need to praise and glorify God for his son and praise and glorify God for ruining the plans that Herod the Grinch had. We need to praise God for the salvation that this newborn child brought to us. For some people in this room, this may be a new story. But I'm telling you, the birth of Jesus is only the beginning John tells us the things that we read in the Bible are just the start of what Jesus started to do and teach. That there's not even enough paper and not enough ink in the world to record all of the many things that Jesus did while on earth. I can tell you 100% for sure that Jesus loves you and he wants you to be a part of his body. If you'd like to become a Christian, today's the day. There's no more waiting. You can't wait for a better season. You can't wait for a better time. Right now is the best time. If you're not a Christian, right now is the best time. If it's something you've been thinking about, today's the day. You've waited long enough. Or maybe this Christmas time has brought you into this building. A lot of people come a lot more often during the Christmas time and around Easter time. And if that's the case, we're really glad you're here and we hope that you can change your life around, that you can agree that, that you could be doing things a little bit better and that you can give your life to Jesus. Today's that day. Today's the day where you clean up and you get your life back in line with the will of God. Whatever your struggle is, whatever your need we, the church, won't be like the Grinch. We want you to be a part of this incredible church. And we want to share an eternity with you. Whatever your need is, whatever you have that, that we, we could be praying with you about or working with you with, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.